What's happening, everybody? This is episode 220 of the Q&A podcast. My name is Anthony, and sitting right across from me via Zoom, as always, is my pal, DeQuincy. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you doing, man? I've been better. I've been better. <laughs> I just saw the uh, the press release from the Astros. If you want to get that out of the way real quick. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure everyone in Houston knows uh, Jose Altuve. Uh, was playing in the uh, World Baseball Classic for the Venezuela team. He took a pitch off the hand from Daniel Bard. Uh, we just got the update today. Broken thumb. He's going to have surgery within the next couple of days. And then um, after that, we'll figure out – the Astros will um, figure out how long he's going to be out for. I think I've seen some reports. They're projecting somewhere between 8 to 10 weeks. 8 to 10 weeks. Okay, so that would – Bring him back around June. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's doable. That's like, because I thought, I was thinking, immediately I was thinking maybe July, just because, you know, uh, rehab and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Play, you know, probably playing some, you know, minor league games and stuff, but June wouldn't be too bad. Sorry. So basically, let's see, next two weeks of this month and all of April, May. So, yeah, June, probably back playing um, rehab games by then. Yeah, it's not what you want to hear, but it's definitely, uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. Could have been like in a whole season type thing. Blowing his knee out, yeah. celebrating. Like what happened um, to poor Edwin Diaz. Um, are, what? How do you feel about the WBC? Well, I mean, you know, at first, it's it's all fine and dandy until one of your star players gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, look, it could very well have happened in spring training in an Astros uniform, but it didn't, and so it definitely, um, it hurts differently, or you know, it's it's felt. Like, its impact is different, you know, uh, just because it, there, there was no affiliation to the Astros. Um, the the team uh, permitted him to be in this tournament, you know, along with other players. So, um, it's, you know, it's tough. It's like, it could, like I said, it could have very well happened in a spring training game. It didn't. Um, so, it's... It's kind of making these – it's definitely putting a damper on the WBC in total because it's like, is it is it worth risking injury for a tournament, you know? I mean, sure, you're getting the reps and you're getting the practice that you normally would during a spring training game, but um, 
I don't know. Just it there's there's just an elevated sense of risk, it seems like at this point. Understandable. My thing is when I hear those crowds going off like they do, and then I see those players talking about um who was it hit the grand slam the other night? It was um Turner. Turner's like, that's the biggest home run I've ever hit in my life. And all these players are like, yeah, I'd rather win the um, World Baseball Class than win the World Series. And I'm like, okay, well, who am I to tell you guys not to do this? <laughs> if y'all love yeah, it I mean, this much and, you know, you're helping grow the game, I can't say anything. But, like, let's, I mean, the injuries are unfortunate. What happened to Altuve, what happened to Diaz, it sucks for both teams. But you know what? Um, shit, that, that happened, you know, that could happen at any time during the season. During spring training, regular season, hell, it can happen in all seasons. Something falls on your foot, you break your foot, you're out for, you know, forever. So, you know, God knows, baseball players are maybe the clumsiest people off the field yeah. <laughs> in all of sports. Yeah, so I'm not like I said, I'm disappointed it happened to Altuve. At this point, it happened to Diaz, but um, yeah. when the WBC comes back around, um, was it? I think was it every two years or three years? feel like it's every two years. All right. Because I don't know. The pandemic just threw everything off. But when it comes back around, people are still going to be excited to sign up for it. So I'm not going to tell everyone to stop. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it could have very well happened in a spring training game. You know, so it's like, yeah, you can't totally, you know, um, you know, call for it to be abolished. You know, like it's it's like we got to get rid of the WBC. It's just uh it's just part of the game and it, it's, it sucks even more when it's one of your, uh, one of the team, you know, one of the players you're rooting for, you know, from your, your home team. So, but uh, you know, it sucks and it, but it happens. And if, you know, if the players are willing, like you said, if the players are willing to play in these tournaments and willing to, you know, be a part of this, then, you know, who, who are we to stop them? You know, yeah, uh, yeah. That's, but also as far as as far as I'm again to it, the players want to do it, so let them do it. I I do have one question because I've been watching a lot. I've been watching a lot of a lot of Law and Order lately. Uh, so my investigative hat has been put on. Is there a connection between Daniel Bard and Jose Altuve that we might know of, or that that might be out there? Because uh, I mean, he hit him in the hand, like. Was this a, a hit job? Was he going after this guy? I take it you did not. You didn't watch the game. No. Oh. Okay. Oh no! I heard about what I heard about the situation. Like he loaded the bases and then he hit Altuve. This wasn't anything more than a guy who could not locate his pitches to save his life. What team does he pitch for? He pitched Team USA. Oh. No. He pitches for the first team we're going to talk about today, the Colorado Rockies. Oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah, and I, I, a better way to start then. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not gonna lie, I was super petty. I went to go look at the Astros schedule to see if the Rockies come to town. Do they? Yeah, they do. It's um either May or June, I believe. It's like a two game set in Houston. Oh my god, what if it was like Altuve's first came back? Mm. Yeah. All right. So Bronze Colorado Rockets, let's talk about we are back. 
talking about the National League West. If you listen to our previous podcast, um, you know how it goes. We're going to talk about each and every team. We're talk about the record last year, their projected Pakoda record coming into 2023. And uh, basically, we're going at the end, we'll pick the over and unders and, um, to see how we feel going into the new uh, baseball year. So you ready, man? Let's do it. All right, so we're going to start with those previously mentioned Colorado Rockies. Uh, last year, another tough year for Colorado, 68 and 94. Pocota has them pegged this year, 64 and 98. So a four game drop. Okay. Man, I, I don't know what to do with Colorado, man. They're the one team that, like, it makes no sense to me. When everyone else is zigging, they zag, even though zagging is the absolutely wrong thing to do. They barely have any kind of analytics department. It seems like they just make their decisions, you know, just literally dumping tea leaves into water and trying to see where they end up. It makes no sense how they trade away Nolan Arenado because he makes too much money and then a year later sign Chris Bryant to a seven-year, $182 million deal. (laughs) By the way, Chris Bryant, his next home run in Coors Field will be his first home run as a member of the Colorado Rockies at home. Oh, my God. Last year, he hit five home runs in total because he got injured. All five were on the road. And it's such like first let's let's get this out of the way. Colorado's like the strangest place in all of baseball. You got the you're a mile up, the atmosphere is completely different. Um pitchers that breaking balls don't break as well. So you're always scrambling to make a decent enough rotation to make the playoffs. You have like the biggest outfield in all of MLB. Right. So you need like three center field fielders out there. You can't just put some like it's not like Minute Maid Park where you can put um Alvarez in left field, he has the short porch, or like someone in um Boston where he had the green monster. You need guys that can run and field the ball. So it's like you need great outfielders, you need a pitching situation that doesn't work, that's completely different from every other MLB ballpark. And it as I don't understand what the Rockies are doing, man. I've never understood what they what they're doing. I mean, this is a team that, uh, just because of where they where they play, could be a spectacular offense, like a, or a, not a spectacular, but like a you know a, a, a high powered offense mm-hmm. that can score a lot of runs, but. Um, but that doesn't look like that's the case. Like, you know, the Rockies have always – they've gone through these waves where they've had, like, these incredible lineups and then nothing and then another great lineup and then nothing. And we're, we've, it kind of seems like we're in that nothing period. Yeah. Good and, thing about um, the Rockies, they just signed uh, – uh, what's his name? Profar. Okay. <laughs> I mean – I mean, that, that – Helps them um, fill a hole in left field. Sure. And then pitching, they've never had anything worth, you know, uh, 
worth having. I mean, have you looked at their um, starting rotation? No. Now, I want you to go look at their starting rotation and see their ERAs from last year. Where are you looking? What, what's a good website to use? I'm on uh, Fangraphs, uh, the roster resource. Got gotcha. It. Let me see. Can I just put this? Can I just put this in the chat? Uh, you there? Oh, I can see the green in your glasses. I know. I know that shade of green. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, looking at the Rockies now. Yeah. Yeah. This is where I go. I just go here and look up because they got the projected uh, opening day roster and it shows what they're projected to do in 2023 but you can also hit that tab and see what they did last year and so i did that for the uh, uh projected star rotation for these rockies oh boy it is it was ugly Let's see. yeah wow wow yeah excuse me the starting rotation is Jermaine Marquez, Marquez, sorry, Kyle Freeland, Jose Arena. Yeah. Arena? Okay. You're Austin in. Goomber and Connor Seabold. See what they did last year, my friend? <laughs> wow. That is rough. They only had two pitchers pitch over 150 innings, and both of them had an ERA um, over four and a half. And that was Freeman and Freeland and Marque- Marquez. Mm-hmm. Um, next up, Goomber or Gomber. 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 124 innings last year, an ERA of 556. But this is not good. It, it's it's awful. It, it might very well be the worst rotation in baseball at the end of the day. Because if you also look at their ages, mm-hmm. these aren't young guys or guys that are uh, like technically they're in their their physical primes, but these aren't guys that are <laughs> like they're clearly journeymen. They're all journeymen. Yeah, there's no, it's not like it's a 22 year old rookie who got up and just got shelled and you're hoping for promise. The youngest right. person in this rotation is Seabold and he's 27. Yeah. Um, yeah, Freeland was their first round draft pick in 2020 or 2014, which hasn't panned out. I mean, he's 29 years old, like he's almost 30. This is uh like he's probably gonna be thirty during the season. Mm-hmm. Um, these are guys that they're just there at this point because you need to have five guys in your rotation. There is no hope for this team, especially a team that has Daniel Bard on their roster as oh. a reliever. Speaking of Daniel Bard, thank you for um, bringing him up again. That was the craziest thing about uh, one of the crazy things about uh, the Rockies last year. They basically had Daniel Bard as a, a reclamation project last year. He pitches extremely well. In fact, 
Let me see. He had a 179 ERA last year, 34 saves. On a team that only won, what, 68 games? Yeah, 68. Wow, he had half of their wins all by himself, technically. Um, anyway, he, he he's, you know, a reclamation project. They bring him back, back to the land of living. And it's like, hey, the trade deadline is coming up. There's always these contending teams that can use you know, bullpen help. We see it every year. Mm-hmm. And they kept him. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I, make sense. I have no idea why. Like, it makes no sense. Like, you're not going anywhere. Trade him. Like, it really makes a difference between you you winning seven, uh, 68 and 62 games. Like, trade him. Try to get some kind of of lottery pick back who could help you help you in the future. Daniel Barge, what, 37? Yeah. And he's he's not your long-term closer by any means. And by the time you guys are good again, he's gonna be retired. Let me rephrase that. By the time you guys approach 500 again, right, he's right, gonna right. be retired. There, there we go. You keep scrolling down. You can see some guys that are on the injured list as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but nobody that really stands out. Like this is a weird team, man. It's just a miss, a mishmash of of players. I thought uh, Brendan Rodgers was going to be like not a superstar, but like an all-star level player mm-hmm. for the Colorado Rockies. And man, he is just, he's fine. He's perfectly fine. He hit 15 home runs in 2021, 13 last year. The bad average suffered dropping from 284 and, and 21 to 266. He's, he's fine. But that's like the ceiling for a lot of these Colorado Rockies players. It's mm-hmm. fine. And, you know, historically, your second baseman on any team is really not, you know, more times than not is not your top player on your team. The Astros have gotten lucky for sure. But, um, and others, but like, if you're counting on Brendan Rodgers as being like the guy, um, more times than not, it's it's. Oh, he's uh, second. I thought he played short. Yeah, he's second base. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, all right, my bad. I mean, at this point, all I can say about Colorado is they. The only thing that they can hope for is to beat their uh, pagoda odds. Odds. Pagoda. Pagoda. You just don't. You just throwing out words now, aren't you? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Uh, You know, the best they can hope for is to beat their pagoda projection. All right. So let's get to it. So last year, like I said, they went 68 and 94. This year, projection 64, 98. 
I got to go under. I just don't see how they're going to be any better. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. Yeah, I'm going under with you. Hey. This might be the worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. And that still doesn't bode well for them because uh, they don't always draft well. Well, oh, I thought you were going to bring up the fact that there is a draft lottery now. So oh, most, is it? Yeah, there's a draft lottery. Because oh, wow. uh, the, first, the first iteration was last year. God, I can't remember what team it was, but they one team like dropped like five spots from where they were supposed to be. It was, it was a whole mess. I mean, it's good for us. It's nice content. <laughs> and, you know, something that people will talk about on Twitter for 24 hours, but not so good for a team like Colorado. Like, I I just don't see it, man. I, I'm going under. Like I said, I'm going under as well. I don't see mm-hmm. this team, like, being good. I don't see them making the correct moves to be good, you know? Like, you mm-hmm. got to, like, management, ownership, whoever. It just feels like they're just, they're just spinning their tires, hoping to get lucky with that one magical draft that can bring in the prospects. But, even if they get the number one overall pick, like, do you have any confidence that they'll be able to develop that person? No. And if I was a pitcher and the Colorado Rockies were interested in drafting me, I would try to hold out. <laughs> I'm going back <laughs> to college. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. You not to you have, have no my. Business. Go ahead. You have no business uh, trying to you know, prove yourself in Colorado as a pitcher. I'm going to have my ERA hovering around four and a half. No, sir. All right, moving on to our second team in the NL West, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ooh, also, the Pirates won the draft lottery, the inaugural draft lottery. Mm-hmm. And someone, fa- I think, was it the A's who fell? I want to say... Compared to what the record was and where they ended up, I think it was the A's. But I'm not 100% sure. It probably was because they wound up getting sixth. Yeah. All right. Dimebacks last year, 74 and 88. This year, Pakoda has this great, they expect great things from 75 and 87. <laughs> One game increase. Let's see. It's always fun to do the NO. It's always yeah, do the NOS because like there are three teams that we do pay we just do not pay enough attention to. Right. And I'm cooling the Giants in that because even when they're good, we barely pay attention. Because mm-hmm. they're just they're sneaky good. It, you know. Comes out of nowhere, but yeah, I mean, this is a team that what has a lot of just kind of another mishmash of veteran players, just kind of you know, on that last go round. Um, and uh, I mean, a, a couple of interesting looks, but I mean, nothing again that like. Nothing that's going to, uh, nothing that should give you any um, any hope that they can contend with the Dodgers, 
or the Padres or even even the Giants. Uh, one bit of news: They signed Corbin Carroll to the eight-year, one hundred eleven dollar, hundred eleven million dollar contract extension. Yeah, I'd fire that agent. Agent. <laughs> That's something the Braves would do. Eight years, one hundred eleven dollars. Right. We got him. Yeah, he um, he seems to be there. You know, the guy that you know they, they want to build around. He's young yeah. enough. Yeah, great job for both uh, sides. Carroll, he gets the long-term deal protection against anything that happens, you know, injury and ineffectiveness, anything like that. And yep. for the Diamondbacks, if this guy becomes the MVP superstar that you project, well, you got him locked in to a very, very a market-friendly contract. Mm-hmm. A steal, as it were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks like he's had good numbers in the minors. Um he was uh, last year was his rookie season. It looks like, and he only played thirty two. He played thirty two games, and they locked him in for eight and one eleven. Yeah, I think it's the biggest contract ever for a player that has less than a year of um, experience. Jesus Christ! I mean, so they're they're they are rolling the dice, but then you know. Again, if it works out, then fantastic. Like it works out for everybody. He's still a rich man, and they didn't have to pony up. You know, don't have to pony up until he's thirty. Mm-hmm. But yeah. other than that, man, I, I don't. I mean, they signed. Did they sign or trade for Lourdes Guriel Jr.? Trade. Yeah. Nick Ahmed's been around. He's kind of a journeyman at this point. Uh, they signed Evan, Lagor- Evan Longoria, who's you know thirty eight, you know, you know, on his way out. Madison Bumgarner is still there with that contract of his. I think but, he had two more years of that con with that contract with Bumgarner. With a contract, five years, eighty-five million dollars. Yep, this year and next year. Say one and thing Zach about the Allen, hmm? Zach Gallon looks like a an interesting piece. Say one thing about the Diamondbacks when they think they have a piece. Or there's a guy out there they want, they will spend the money to try to go get him. Yeah. We just talked about the, the Carroll signing. They signed Madison Bumgarner before that. They did go out there and get Zach Grinky. Like they try. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a it's a rebuild team. Yeah, yeah, at this point. You start with Carroll and then, you know, you slowly build from there. Yeah, because they have some outfielders, um, Carol, uh, Jake McCarthy. Because I, I remember when um, during the offseason, before the Astros brought back Michael Brantley, um, just every Astros fan I know online were like scouring the, the Diamondbacks roster, trying to figure out a way to get one of those outfielders to Houston. Another guy I really like, Christian Walker, first baseman. 
Um, I thought he would have been a good trade target um, for the Astros before they signed um, Abreu. Mm-hmm. Like, this team has talent. Like, it's not a Colorado Rockies situation. Right. Right, right, right. So, at the end of the day, what do you think? What is their how's their over under looking to to you? All right, what was it again? Seventy five and eighty seven. Oh, I'm gonna go over. I'm gonna give a slight over, like seventy seven wins. I'm going over. I'll give them an under, and I'll go slightly under seventy three, maybe seventy four. I think maybe they'll match last year's total at best. Yeah. I think they'll make us. They're a good team. Um, well, I'm not. They're a mid team. They're an average team, but I definitely see the pieces being put together. So mm-hmm. I think, like, with the next, I would say two, three years, they're going to be playoff eligible. All right, you ready for the Giants? They've done it before. They've they've yeah. definitely done it before. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right, moving on. San Francisco Giants last year, 81 and 81. Bakota projections, 81 and 81. <laughs> wow. Wow, let's see. Let's take a look at this roster. Let's take a gander at these Giants. I mean, there's still. What are they really? That's the thing. Like, what are the San Francisco Giants? They're out there on the corner trying to throw money at people, but no one will take it. That's right. They are. Yeah. They're a country without a man. They went at the Aaron Judge, and he said, no, thank you. They actually did sign Carlos Correa until his medicals came back, and they found out that his uh, leg is basically paper mache, apparently. All <laughs> right. Uh, they let uh, what's that man? Uh, Rendon go to New York. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they, and they remember, signed. They gave a lot of money to Michael Conforto, to a guy who didn't play at all in 2022. Oh, how long was that contract? Let me look at San Francisco. Man, I and I remember in the off season when we were talking about free agents, I was like, watch out for the Giants. The Giants are going to make a splash. And damn it, they tried everything they could. <laughs> they gave him a two-year $36 million contract. That's a lot of money for a guy who didn't play at all last year. May not be because that um, the second year is a player option. Okay. Okay. Right, so if he sucks, he's going to be back with them next year. And, but if he puts together like a great season, he's going to test the free agent market and probably, I don't know, they have the money. We saw this offseason, they have the money. I just don't know, know how much they'd be willing to go after Michael Conforto. He'll be 31 next year. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants to play for them. Hey. Hey, Correa wanted to play with them, all right? <laughs> Correa was, was down for the cause. Then mm-hmm. they look at those medicals and, mm, mm, and maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. 
yeah, I mean, look, they've got Jock Peterson, a former champion, and Brandon Crawford, Crawford, who has seen it seems like he's been 36 for the past like three years. <laughs> I don't know how the hell they have him still lined up at shortstop. <laughs> yeah. Like that dude either needs to be playing DH or the bench. I'm sorry. Like I know he's a fan favorite, but that glove got some holes in it now. And uh <clears throat> hey, JD Davis on this team. JD Davis, former Astro, then a former Met. They still have Mike, not Carl Yastrzemski, who is now almost 33. Yeah, sneaky old. Yeah, sneaky he, old. He came to the majors, he was like, what, 27, 28, something like that? Yeah, and definitely not his uncle. <laughs> That's his uncle, right? Sure. I don't know. I I thought it was like a little bit further away from that, like his grand, I don't know. How do family trees work? I don't know. Oh, it's his, grand, it's his, his grandson. There you go. Grandson, okay. Oh, man. 81 and 81 feels really good for this team. That's a great year for this team. I mean, and look at let's look at the rot- their rotation is old. Mm-hmm. It's a Another mishmash of is it? Am I saying that right? Mishmash or mismatch? I don't know. But whatever you're asking me how to pronounce something. <laughs> okay, good point. <laughs> um, yeah this this is just another. This Lo- just... Logan Webb, Alex Cobb, Sean Manaya, Ross Stripling, and Alex Wood. Yeah. I don't know On what to paper. say about this team. Like, like this team could do what they did two years ago, and, and all of a sudden these veterans throw in one last hurrah, mm-hmm. and they're they're winning 88, 89 games. Yeah, because on paper it's like you look at these players, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember him. He had some good. Years. He had a couple of good years. He had a good year here and there, but they're all just another year older, um, and not signed the long-term deals for a reason, if mm. that makes any sense. Yeah, I'm looking at the Giants right now as one of those teams that, like, they sell. They're like, okay, we need to get fresh blood in here. Let's get all these guys out by the trade deadline and try to, um, you know, rebuild for the future, right? Mm. And then I look at this team and like, well, who in the fuck are they selling? Right. Like, look at their starting lineup, their starting lineup and their bench. Who is the best player? It's it's tough to call, man. And nobody on this in this lineup hits above 270. And I know that's not, you know, the only stat to look at, but mm-hmm. it's the one that stands out the most. To me, if you look at look at this lineup and their projected bench, nobody hits above 270. And only one player hits above 260. Yeah, it's their second baseman. 
uh, what's that, Thario Estrada. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't – I got nothing for this team. It's like a team like, okay, going to the season, we're going to see what we can do, and then we're most likely going to be sellers. But it's like, like I said, what are you selling on this team? Right. Like, unless there's some kind of injury to a contender, like, there's nothing really here. I mean, Yastrzemski, I feel like Yastrzemski is like, um, uh, what was, what was the guy with the Royals? Whitman? Okay. Uh, was like, no, he was with the Royals. Um, he's with the Blue Jays now. So Whitman? Yeah. Whit Marymore. Whit Marymore, thank you. Whereas, like, he came up and he was like their all-star representative while they were rebuilding. It's like, Hey, you guys really need to trade him because he's not going to be here where you're good again. And they just, just refuse that. And it's like, Oh, we need him here. The fans, a fan favorite, blah, blah, blah. And then by the time they traded him to Toronto, they got like damn near nothing back because all his great years were right behind him. Because just like your scrimpsy, he came up as an older prospect. I feel like that's what your scrimpsy like. Your your the time to trade him probably was last year. Mm -hmm. Oh man! And then I look at Michael Conforto, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had three arguably very good seasons, and then COVID hit, and then twenty twenty one something happened only played 125 games and then he didn't play at all last year and this is a guy that people were like give him 100 million dollars like mm -hmm. he's fresh like he's hot bring him back and it's like what like that doesn't make any sense oh i was the, i was one of those guys who was into giving him a, a long-term contract before he got hurt yeah it, it seemed like the idea of signing him after a year off to a, you know, a lot of money, it just seemed, if you made that move, it seemed like it was a desperation move. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to the Giants' credit, they, they're they taking a minimal risk on this guy. But, I feel like it would have been better for the team if that option was a team option. That mm -hmm. way you can make your decision. But do you get Michael for Conforto to sign if it's a team option, not a player option. No, you'd probably have to pony up a little bit more money for that first year. Because we all can see it, it's a pillow contract. He's mm -hmm. going. He took this uh, contract to just play this year, and then next year, you know, if like I said earlier, if he's bad, he's going to be a giant again. If he's amazing, he's going to be back on the free agent pool. Yep. Yeah, this is a uh, this is kind of a sneaky old team as well. <laughs> they were old two years ago when they won over a hundred games. Yeah, it's just like a team that nobody I remember really knows. But we were all making the, been around forever. We were all making the jokes last year when they were just struggling alone that they all got even older overnight. All right. I look at this roster. Mm -hmm. And I say that Pakoda Kavorka. Okay, now you're just fucking with me. No, I'm just uh, very <laughs> generous in their over under proje projection or in their projection for like win total projection. Mm -hmm. I'm going under 
I can't see this team sniffing 80 games. I'm with you. I'm going under. In fact, I think they're fourth in division. I think Arizona wins more games than they do. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I didn't say it earlier, but um, whenever we do these um, division um, previews, we use, like I said, we use Bracota, but we go from the bottom up, right? Yeah. So every once in a while, there's surprises because you look at a team, you think, oh, this team is probably projected to be first in the division because of everything they did. This team is not projected to be first in the division. <laughs> and we're talking about the San Diego Padres. Mm-hmm. Last year, when 89 and 73, this year, Pakoda has them projected for 94 and 68. Wow. What were they last year again? Can you see that? Uh, 98 and 73. So a five-game increase. Okay. Well, they went out and spent a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And um, are banking on uh, and gave up a lot of prospects to get to get a Juan Soto in 2022. Mm-hmm. Oh man, um, at least they're more interesting to talk about than the last three teams we just talked about. Yeah, agreed. I'm looking at the team, and I feel like they got the same problem that we said that they had back in the beginning of the offseason, and it's starting pitching. Mm-hmm. Like starting pitcher right now is Hugh Darvish, Blake Snell, Michael Waka Waka Flame, Nick Martinez, and Seth Lugo. Gone is Mike Clevenger. Mm-hmm. And Joe Musgrove broke his toe in a weight room accident. So he's Tell no me, man, these, these ball players. Need to keep them on the field, literally, <laughs> round the clock. So, yeah, going to season, I like you, Darvish. I think he's a good number two or number three. If he's your ace, I don't know if that, I don't know what that that pitching rotation is going to give you. I know Musgrave's going to return probably somewhere around the, you know, mm, you know what? Before I make a prediction, let me see if they said anything about his injury. Yeah, uh, you know, I like Darvish as well, but man, to to rely on him at thirty six to be your number one guy is uh, it's a scary proposition mm-hmm. because he's always been solid, but he's still never been like. It's been a while since he's been like a true ace. It's been a few years. Yeah. It's been quite a while since like he's been a legit ace. So, yeah. And then Blake Snell, he's not one of those guys I've talked about before. Like your talent dictates that you should be better than what the final results are. Mm-hmm. 
He was the ace back when he was pitching for Tampa Bay, and now he's settling to be in a good two, three. Like he's fine at all, but it's like the rest of the rotation: Michael Walkers, uh, Martinez, Lugo. I, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of slugfest coming in San Diego's future. Well, they probably see it too, which is why they loaded up that lineup. <laughs> yeah, this lineup is insane. <laughs> Let me just go through it. Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Jay Cronenworth, Nelson Cruz, Matt Carpenter, Yasuo Kim, uh, Trent Grissom, and Austin Nola. That's a one through nine right now. And then Tatis Jr. is still serving the suspension, correct? Yep, he's eligible to return on April twentieth. He comes back, fits into that lineup again, settles in nicely, um, starts living up to that potential again. This is a very dangerous lineup. I think the big question mark for the lineup has got to be Soto, right? Because he didn't have a great time in San Diego when he got traded. He wasn't very good. Oh, yeah. But for Soto, I'm just taking his track record over everything. Mm -hmm. I think the bigger thing question for me it would be Nelson Cruz or Matt Carpenter. Like Nelson Cruz they got one more one more go at it in them. You know, one more is that what you're looking at? Yeah, I'm like Nelson Cruz, he's 42. How's he gonna hold up being the DH for the for the um entire season if he can let me look up what his numbers were last year. Nelson Cruz last year. He played 124 games. 234 yeah. average, 313 on base, 10 home runs. Ooh. That's that's a pretty big drop from 32 in 2021. So I'll worry about him. And also, Matt Carpenter, he's going to be playing right field until Tatis comes back. Um, last year, he hit 305. On base percentage of 412, 15 home runs, but man, a lot of that has to do with being in Yankee Stadium, take yeah. uh, taking advantage of that short field uh, porch and right field. And I don't know, it just feels like both of those guys together, you're just asking a lot for an entire season, like especially mm-hmm. with Cruz because they're he's probably going to be their DH. For the entire season, I don't see anything that like on the bench that would replace him. There's no guys that I'm like feeling super confident about. And then Carpenter is like, you got a what a month, month and a half for him. Well, not even that long because season starts end of this month, so two, three weeks. Yep. And then he'll be back on the bench. And then what happens is probably Carpenter and Cruz share that DH role. But you know, you're talking about two guys who are on the back end, the back nine of their career. I don't know. It's just a lot to ask for both of them. Yeah, they, they become moving parts at this point. When, when uh, Tatis comes back, and it's just like, how do they respond to that? How do they respond? 
to not only you know their their changing role as a baseball player as you know not the main guy and how is you know how's the engine responding to being f- almost 43 and almost 38 you know one more time I know that's like worries me, but then you know any San Diego Padres fans be like, we got Xander Bogarts in the offseason. Shut up! <laughs> right. yeah, Xander Bogarts, they gave Manny Machado more money. Let's see, Bogarts, eleven years, two hundred eighty million. Manny Machado extension, eleven years, three hundred fifty million. <laughs> oh, we're not done yet. You Darvis got his extension, six years, one hundred eight million. Six years at 36 years old? Yep. I forgot about that. I thought it was like a shorter term deal than that. (laughs) Joe Musgrove got an extension. It was five years, 100 million. Darvish got a bigger contract than Musgrove got. Okay. (laughs) And yeah. And then the um, Tatis, you know, extension fourteen for three hundred and forty million. Yeah, like I don't want any small market team to say they don't, they can't spend money. They don't, they don't have the ability to make these contracts because the Padres are like, fuck it, we're throwing this money around. Right, we're we're trying to win a championship. <laughs> Yeah. I yeah, like I said earlier, that's a problem. I think that's gonna be a problem, a little problem with Cruz and Carpenter, but it's also nitpicking, you know. You look at their their top five, it's gonna be some combination of Bogar, Soto, Machado, uh Tatis, and like Cronenworth. I think they're gonna be just fine. Yeah. All right, so let's get to under over for this team. What was it? Padres, 94 and 68. You're going over or under? Uh, um, I'll give them the slight over. Okay. Mm, I'm going over as well. And I'm also saying they win the division. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So finally, we talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Last year, they went 111 and 51. This year, Ricota has them projected 95 and 97. Wait, what? Should, yeah. 90, oh, I'm sorry. I wrote that wrong. 95. Well, that would be 60. Six. 60. No, 67. Me no do math. Yes, 95 and 67. My bad. Wow. So a 16-game drop from last year. Well, it's better to be... Um... To go to go under 
and have them exceed expectations. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, look, not a lot different can be said about this team. I mean, the lineup is still dangerous. Um, not a lot can be said different can be said about the lineup because the lineup is still dangerous. Pitching, starting pitching is always going to be a question mark with this team. Because for me, it's always not if, but when will Clayton Kershaw go down with an injury? Yeah. They got Fangrass has Clayton Kershaw's projected to pitch 166 innings. How many did he pitch last year? 126. That's, I mean, they are praying that he doesn't get hurt, but it's Clayton Kershaw. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah, for Kershaw, I'm like, pencil him in for like 125 to 130 innings, and anything you get extra, you thank God for. Right. Like saying he's going to get 160 innings, I think it's just asking for too much. Like the Dodgers are extremely smart. I wouldn't be surprised if they use that. Oh, he's got to go on the injury list. He has some elbow injury. Wink, wink. Type right. shit. Just to save his arm for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at these Dodgers and you're like, damn, they just lost a lot of talent. Trey Turner is gone. Mm hmm. The man that was supposed to replace him, Gavin Lux, blew out his ACL. So he's gone until next year. When did this happen? Gavin Lux? Oh, wow. This happened like, during the training. Yeah, like uh, on the 8th. So like yeah. almost two weeks ago. You didn't wow. know that? I didn't. <laughs> oh, wow. Who else? Uh, Justin Turner is gone. Long time. You know, oh, third baseman, yeah, key piece of that of that offense for you know the past almost ten seasons now. Uh, but they did bring in uh, JD Martinez. Yes, congratulations. I'm sorry. And what else? I don't know. They lost Cody Bellinger as well. Right. But it does look like they were going to be getting back um, Walker Bueller. Injury? Well, he had Tommy John surgery last year. Oh, wow. In, in August. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's not happening. Oh, man. You know what? He may not be coming back this year. If his surgery was last year... August takes about a year to come back. Shit, he may not come back this year. Yep. Tony Gonsolin, who came out of nowhere and went, what, 15 and one? Mm-hmm. Sprained his ankle two weeks ago. So he is, you know, suffered a setback during spring training. I look yeah, at I mean, Go ahead. I was, I was saying, I look at this team and it's like, okay, we got Mookie Vets and, and Freddie Freeman. It's like, what else you got? And you start <laughs> looking around like, huh, shit. 
if if this were oh they signed uh, Jason Hayward. Oh, they say hey kid. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What were you saying? If the Dodger era of dominance comes to an end, if and when it comes to an end, this might could very well be the start of it. I mean, don't get me wrong. They draft very well, usually. Surprisingly, considering how much money they spend and, and uh, you know, compensatory picks that they give up when they sign guys and stuff like that. But this team has always found a way to and, – and players that they've uh, traded to get a Trey Turner and, and guys like that, Mookie Betts and stuff. Um. Oh, I just found a list of everybody they lost this year. <laughs> Trey Turner, Philadelphia Phillies, we knew that one. Tyler Anderson, starting pitcher, went to the Angels. Justin Turner, they said earlier, third baseman, went to Boston. Mm-hmm. Cody Belger, Chicago. Uh, Chris Martin, relief pitcher, Boston. Andrew Heaney, starting pitcher, to Texas. Craig Kimball, relief pitcher, Philadelphia. Joey Gallo's gone to Minnesota. Like, they just lost an, like, just an incredible amount of talent in the last offseason. Like, I know they, they're talking about, oh, we got these young guys. We're going to bring them up and see what they can do. But the one yeah. guy that they're most excited about won't play at all this year. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, look, they draft well. They seem to draft well. Um, but if you look at their bottom, the bottom third of their lineup, uh, well, no. Not even only one of them. Only Vargas was is homegrown, but uh, yeah. When you put a guy out there like Vargas, like you're hoping that that you're you know that you drafted the right guy, and it remains remains to be seen. But this could very well be the beginning of the of their dominance, the beginning of the end of their dominance, until they retool again, and you know. I can hear you the the happiness in your voice. <laughs> like I didn't think they, to shut the Dodger fans up at this point. They traded for Miguel Rojas to be, you know, be a backup bench shortstop, and now he's gonna be thrown into the starting lineup. Right. Um Yeah, no, this I mean you said that you could see San Diego beating or you know winning the west this year and Mm -hmm. looking at this lineup looking at the projected starters looking at who is injured uh uh, it's not it's not a crazy thing it's not a crazy claim to make this year yeah this definitely feels like the we're resetting our tax penalty so we can go after Shohei Atani season for the Dodgers (laughs) right yeah. Well, you mentioned they signed Noah Syndergaard. He's not the Thor of old, but he's still he's all right. Right, man. I just feel like they got this is in the Dodgers team. I'm used to it's like they got a lot of guys. Like he's all right. Yeah. 
we'll see. <laughs> I feel like that's the Dodgers. That should be uh, their slogan. 2023 Los Angeles Dodgers. We'll see. Somebody uh, might. Well, you're hoping Dustin May gets back to form. That was a guy that they were looking at, you know, as being like a future, you know, um, a future team leader on that rotation. Mm -hmm. And then he got hurt, I believe. He got hurt last year. So you're always looking for and banking on, like, a surprise person to have this outstanding season. And he, he's a candidate, I think at this point, I think he's a guy that you can look at, but there's not, there's no pressure on him to be the number one guy because he's coming in still, you know, in the number four spot. Yeah. You look at this offense and it's like, okay, book bets, Scares you. Freeman scares you. And then. And then. <laughs> Will Smith. I don't. I didn't even know he was. Their catcher. Max Muncy. Has power. But he's still not a great hitter. He's what projected to hit. Or he hit 196 last year. JD Martinez is a that's a that's a toss up at this point. It feels like they have a lot of guys who, if you make a mistake, they're gonna hit it like four hundred feet. But as long as you hit your marks, you're just gonna have a lot of sad Dodgers walking back to the dugout. Right, like they don't put the fear of God into me like former Dodgers uh, lineups had before. Absolutely. And I'm trying to stay as objective as I can. I'm not trying to come off as some bitter Astros fan or anything like no, that. No, no, I mean, no. I, I think you're absolutely right on this. I mean, this is not a one through nine type of lineup anymore, where it's like shit. One through nine, we gotta. I gotta get through one through nine, and I'll be. You know, it's a good day if I can. But suddenly, this looks like a very average lineup with some great hitters in it. Believe it or not, like you know, just saying that is crazy is a crazy thought, but it looks like a very beatable lineup at this point. Now watch they um lead the league in runs this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh so last thing for the Dodgers, they're over under. So, like Bakota said, 95 and 67. You're going over under. Oh, man. Um, That's why they'd be hitting these numbers right where they need to put them. Yeah. I'll still say over. Maybe slightly over. So, 96, 97. Based based on my projections, that means it's going to be a very tight race between San Diego and LA. Uh, I'm gonna go under, slightly under, like 92 wins. Okay. 
that's my prediction. I think this team that we have right now, the Dodgers, this is basically going to be their team because they're not going to try to take on any extra money because they want to stay under um, the the tax level for the first penalty, reset, and then take a run at Shohei. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So this is a team they have all year. I just don't see them making a run at 100 wins this year. It's gonna be a tough. It's it will. It's definitely a tough task ahead for them. Mm-hmm. And considering they, you know, we talked about it in episodes past that, uh, you know the the was the competitive balance schedule. Yeah, the, uh, the balance schedules schedule. are balanced now, mm-hmm. so it's like they're not gonna be able to beat up on Colorado and Arizona. Uh, Arizona, you know, eighteen times each anymore so yeah no it's it's gonna be it's gonna be very close for them and it's gonna be a close i feel like it's gonna be a close race for the division crown this year with san diego I, yeah i can see it i just i think san diego san diego is just too loaded mm-hmm. all right so to recap colorado rockies their projections 64 wins we both went under yes Diamondbacks, their projection 75 wins. I went over. Did you join me or did you go under? I went under. All right. San Francisco Giants, 81 and 81. I know I went under. I went under. All right. So we're both there. Uh, Padres, 94 wins. We both went over. Both went over. And then the Dodgers projection, 95. You went over. I went under. That's right. All right, so we finished up with the National League. There's just one thing that we have to do. In fact, let me open up the Word document so I can write this down or else I will forget. It's time to pick MVP and Cy Young. Oh, that's right. We're done with the National League. Yeah. Wow. Um... Which one you want to do first, Cy Young or MVP? Yeah, let's do Cy Young. All right. Thank you. Make sure I type all this stuff out because I'll have to make sure to put it up online so we can look at it and laugh for ourselves next year. (laughs) Man, oh, man. Let's see. Do you ever have spell out your name in your head to make sure you get it right? My name? Yeah, your own name. Sometimes. Same Same here. My name is just so unique. All right. Oh, shoot. I'm on the wrong page. I am on looking at haters. I need to go to pictures. I'm looking at the 2023 zip projections for next year so I can look at teams that a players I, I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Guy by mine. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking I'm going to pick someone from the National League East for Cy Young. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to go with a pitcher from the Braves. Oh. 
think I'm going to go with Let's see who should I go with. Well, you said the East. I thought you were going with Philadelphia picking Aaron Nola. No. Who won last year, by the way? I don't remember. Uh, Sandy Alcantara. That's right, Alcantara. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Kyle Wright. From Atlanta, he led the league in wins last year, and he still didn't win the Cy Young. I told you, we're off that shit. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, of course, of course. But I think he has the potential to improve upon all of his numbers that you know that that didn't get him the the Cy Young. If he lowers that ERA, if he uh, increases the case per nine, mm-hmm. gives up fewer home runs, I think he's got a shot. All right. That's good. That's a good choice. I like this choice. <laughs> Pick a Cyon winner from one of the best teams in the league. Man, um, so I'm gonna stay with you. I'm gonna stay with the Braves. I'm gonna pick Max Freed. Okay. Yeah. If we're gonna we're gonna pick pictures, we're gonna pick big time pitchers. And so, you know, both these guys excellent pitchers in their career. All they either one of them, all they gotta do is just take it up one level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And they'll be Scion contenders. And they'll definitely like I say like a lot. They'll get the wins because of the team they're on. And they'll get the run support. Like, And they're just two excellent pitchers. Mm-hmm. Hey, batters. And no, we cannot take any more Braves. <laughs> so Paul Goldschmidt was the MVP last year, correct? Yes. Oh boy, it's hard to pick against him because he's such a good hitter. Mm-hmm. When's the last time we had a repeat uh, MVP? Was it Bonds? It wasn't Ryan Braun? No, he only won one. It might have been Bonds then. Yeah. Let's see. It was uh, no Pujols. Oh eight and oh nine, I believe it was. Oh okay, yeah, the last time. And yeah, no, and that's a long time ago now. It's a good thing we said no Braves because I was about to jump on the Ronald Cunha bandwagon again. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it uh let's see. You're not screwed. You can pick a brave if you want. I'm not gonna hold you. No, I don't I don't see any Braves winning the the uh, NL MVP. 
but it's hard to go against Goldschmidt just because he's such a good overall hitter. Mm-hmm. But I'll, you know what? I will go with. Let's see. I'm going to pick a surprise. I'm going to go Manny Machado. Manny Machado. Just got paid. He got paid like a like an MVP. Mm-hmm. And he was in the MVP race last year, if I remember correctly. <laughs> The MVP is hard because if you p- picking a guy from a team that's already loaded, it's like, are the voters going to go for that? Mm-hmm. Because then it's like they have a great team year. Like, oh, he got all this help around him. Is he really the MVP? That's why I was like, not trying to pick anybody from the Braves. Right. And we, and we, it's been a while since we've had like a, an Alex Rodriguez type MVP where he was like on a terrible team, but the best player on that team. Mm-hmm. Oh man, this is. I keep on scrolling, scroll down a little bit, man. Like this team, what team do you like that you feel confident about? Oh, uh... Oh, what the hell? I'm going to say Trey Turner. Okay. I like it. Just had that grand slam for Team USA. <laughs> right. He's. Maybe that's the catalyst for something in Philadelphia. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's in his prime at this point. Mm hmm. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, like he messes around. He has like a 30-30 season. With like a high 300 average. Mm-hmm. And keeps that team just running smoothly without Harper. Like I could definitely see it. But it's the same thing that with Machado. It's like you, these guys have too many great players around. So voters might look around for a different narrative. Mm-hmm. We'll see. All right. So that's the end of our National League preview. And and for the NL West, um, we'll be back later on to talk about what's our first American League team? The AL Central. Oh, God. (laughs) Why does the Central suck? (laughs) We'll be back to talk about the AL Central next time, guys. Um, Anything you want to say to the people, Mark? I'm already anything you want to say, Anthony. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> yeah. Great pod, Dad. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh all right. Um, all you thanks for listening, downloading, sharing. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. And uh if you can leave us a review. I like to read the reviews to make me feel better about myself. That's right, I got ego. <laughs> so leave a review if you can we appreciate it very much alright for Anthony I'm the Quincy ladies <laughs>